Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. And hello, Rosanita. <laughs> Literally the best woman in the entire world. I'm so honored to have Rosanita here today. She is a medicine woman. She serves plant medicine. And she is just... There's, I don't have really anybody on my podcast for the reason that I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a safe little space, but I am just so honored to have you because I respect you to the depths of my being. I respect everything about you. I think you have so much integrity and you are such a powerful woman. So I'm just really excited to talk because for my listeners, they do know that I went on a really long journey most of my life. I was, and Rosanita, you know this too, I was very kind of anti-plant medicine or I just was like, I'm never going to do plant medicine. That's not for me that's just not my path. And I started feeling called to do plant medicine and to sit with ayahuasca. And I wanted to go somewhere that there was so much integrity, that there was someone who was indigenous and someone who was totally in, you know, integrity with the community, with the plant, with the land. And that is literally just what you are and who you are, Rosanita. So, so yeah, why don't you just like introduce yourself, kind of just say who you are, a little like blurb, and then we'll just start, just get into it. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Victoria, for who you are and the message you bring and the wisdom that you share through your platform. So I think it is important. Um, so who I am, um, I'm a human being. <laughs> so I am Rosanita. I'm Peruvian. I'm native of this land. Currently, I am in the Andes and mm-hmm. I am indigenous. I have my indigenous lineage from my mother's side. She's from the jungle. I don't know the specifics because she wasn't in my life after four years old. She basically walked out of my life and which I can share how that impacted me psychologically and emotionally. But my father, he's, um, his mom is from the Andes and she's from oh, this land and she's from she's a Quechua descendant. And um, so I was birthed in Lima, which is the city of Peru. And I grew up, um, my grandmother raised me because my mother wasn't in there. And my father had to leave to the States to find a better, I guess, opportunities and careers or future for us. Um, so until the age of nine, I grew up with my grandmother and she had a lot of, um, knowledge about the plants. She never really used any pills or medications. Uh, she would just uh, heal us with, uh, different herbs and different things that she knew from her ancestors. Um, at the age of nine, I did move to New York and I also studied radiology. I became an MRI specialist and I worked in the city of Manhattan. That's why I know how to speak very well English. Uh, but then um, when I was early in my 20s, around like 21 or 22, I had like, a, I guess you can call it an existential crisis where I found myself very confused and very depressed and uh, unresolved wounds and traumas from my childhood and also for passed down from my ancestors that I ended up in the hospital. 
and which led me to return here back to the Andes and reconnect with my ancestors and uh, also work with medicine plants, which I consider myself uh, not a shaman. I am just a medicine carrier for Mother Earth. So mm. that's just like a little snippet of who I am and what I am. And uh, well, I hope you guys get to hear more about what is it really to hold space for others and carry the medicine of Earth. Mm. Yeah, so let's just jump right into that. So I also should have said that Rosanita runs a plant medicine healing center in Peru called the Apu Healing Center. And I went two months ago and was held by her in the most sacred way. And she just... It was something just I never expected to to feel so safe and so held and so cleared and just I walked away feeling so clear energetically. And so let's talk about that. We were talking about that right before the call. And I know that's on your mind is just how to kind of interact as a medicine carrier, as a medicine woman, how to interact with integrity with this plant and how to kind of hold these ceremonies with integrity because we do see it's one of the reasons I was so turned off by plant medicine for so long was because I would see that people who weren't really in integrity were holding these plant medicine ceremonies and I was just like I don't want to be a part of that and that doesn't feel right for me so how does that look for you? How do you hold your integrity and your morals and your ethics and stand in that space while kind of creating these healing ceremonies with plant medicine? So I think it all began for me um, when I first was told, and which was in my second ceremony where Grandmother Ayahuasca planned that I was going to be the one for my lineage to carry this big responsibility and that word responsibility kind of scared me because one, because I knew that it wasn't just dealing with your own self, but you're now holding other people's lives at, at your hand for mm. a week or a one night ceremony, depending how you run your, mm -hmm. your events. However, uh, that scared me and that also turned me off and also the, the kind of back thought of like, I'm not good enough to be the one carrying this in my life. What did I do good to deserve this? But also it mm. scared me a lot because I worked in the hospital field where we, for each patient, we had two technologists to support it. And I was like, well, if we are holding a container where there are five or 10 people, we need the enough staff to hold this container. Not because you're not good enough alone. It's just the right way to do it and the responsible way to do it. Um, as I went on on my journey, I've been on this path for over 13 years now and understanding and working with different indigenous tribes and the way they did it and this understanding that this was this was a serious work. It wasn't just like, oh, let me just give you a glass of this drink and hopefully you'll figure out your way back to yourself. And, mm -hmm. and I found it like, wow, mm -hmm. when I started learning, I found that this was like something big. It, it wasn't a piece of candy that you're just selling. This is not a product. This is not a this is a hot ticket price or something to check off your to-do list of your life. It's actually mm -hmm. very sacred. It, it, and if it's not held in a safe container, it can be dangerous to an extent mm -hmm. if it's not prepared the right way or if it's not held in the right space. So I think first for me was educating myself how this plant, as much as I can, because this, the best, um, like the best energy of, 
understanding what plant medicine is can be so big. And um, for me, it was educating myself first and understanding, okay, what is this? How can I work with this plan? How does it affect the human mind emotionally? So um, once I understood that, then watching other elders, how they contain the way they respected the plant, and it wasn't something that it was outside of them. It's something that is already inside of you. We are part of nature. Therefore, we also should respect ourselves and our bodies. So mm. understanding and educating myself and then working with other elders and also humbly being the student at first because we don't know anything. After the first ayahuasca ceremony, yes, a lot of things might happen, but I feel that there is a lot of people when they have their first sitting, they feel like, okay, now I am a shaman or I am an <laughs> ayahuasquero. Yeah. now I can serve medicine and I was like sweetheart no you cannot first mm-hmm. you need to work on yourself you need to ground yourself cleanse yourself and and healing ourselves and as we all know healing mm-hmm. is a never-ending process so but mm-hmm. at least understanding that certain heavy things about you you already dealt with and then mm-hmm. working and dedicating mm-hmm. yourself and understanding how nature works like the paradigm and how the system works is such a very competitive and uh, very um, kind of gimme, gimme, gimme. And it's not mm-hmm. about that. It's not how nature works. Mm-hmm. Nature works in a very, has their own timeline and it's always giving, it's always forgiving. So in a way to hold, how to hold a container, you need to have a lot of respect for these plants and these entities that Mother Nature has gifted us so we can return to our heart because we now, the whole world for our, our, this all these past centuries has been operating from the mentality of the thoughts. Okay, what can we get out of it? What can we get out of this piece of the earth? Maybe gold, yeah. maybe oil, you know? It's about just destro- destroying things instead of making things better. And now we are at the face of the shift, a massive shift, into going into healing that part and going back into our heart space. So what the medicine does, it re- makes you come back into your real self, cleanse yourself so you can go back into living a harmonious life with nature. And holding a container, I think you need to be, have dealt with your own shadows, have dealt with your own triggers, have dealt with your own wounds of yourself personally, but also your your people. So when you're holding this container, when you're drinking plant medicine, all this stuff don't come up and mix up with the people that you're holding it. And you need to mm. have the adequate staff that are also mm. well-trained to have compassion for the people that are there. Um, yeah. The factor is that you're not you. You might be the space holder, but you're not fixing anybody. You're not fixing mm. anybody who's doing the whole fixing or the healing. Are the plants, the plant spirits, nature herself? You're just holding the candle so they can light up their own candle, and that's the way I see mm-hmm. it. Because yeah. if you tell somebody come to my center, I'm gonna heal you, because then you're building a hierarchy. You're building mm-hmm. a system where they're 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 like. They're in a pedestal and you're like below. No, you're supposed to build an equal. You're supposed to build a leader so they can co-lead with you, not to be a follower. I, when I, people come to my center, I tell them, find out what your medicine is and go back out there and share it with the world because we need more people to be sharing their medicine. And the medicine might not be uh, serving ayahuasca or any other plant medicines. It might be music. It might be their voice. It might be their wisdom. It might be their art. Mm-hmm. It might be energy healing and breaking whatever it is find your calling and go out to the world and help yeah yeah i feel like <laughs> i love everything you said but i feel like the some of the key things that are so important is that the 
medicine ayahuasca actually told you that you are supposed to be serving medicine, right? You don't just walk up and you're like, oh, that felt good. I'm going to go serve medicine now, right? Like the medicine actually called you. And then the other thing is that you are you went to the indigenous communities and learned from them humbly. And you're also of the indigenous lineage. And then you're also like all of these kind of factors create the safety and the integrity to kind of be working in this field. And even what you said, coming from my own experience now, having worked with you there, you know, you're the the people who are experiencing this cleansing, the people who are uh, doing ayahuasca or sitting with ayahuasca that night, we're like going to other realms and other states of consciousness. And there can be, if it's not done correctly, there can be a, a glitch. There can be you get stuck. There can be, you know, something kind of attaches onto you and comes that if you're not protected and held in that space. And it really does, in my opinion, have to do with the people that are holding this space. What do you think about that? Because I just feel for me, I felt so safe with you and with the other the other team that that you had there I felt so safe that when I did feel scared or when something did happen that like you know in my own experience in the own places I was going I felt so held and protected by the space you had created by the mapacho by you know all of the people that were there that it it allowed me to feel safe to go in and out but I do think that some people could have you know sit with medicine and they actually get worse because they're not being held correctly what do you think? Yeah, I do think I uh, there is a, also there is a big uh, thing that is happening in the plant medicine world where people are getting either left alone or traumatized or sexually abused during yeah. these ceremonies. And that gives a bad name, not to the people, but to the plants and people that have no knowledge of it or never heard of ayahuasca. And when they read this, they blame it back to the plant. And that's actually giving a name, a bad name or bad reputation to the plant. And now people that are actually should be getting support if they feel the call to sit with medicine are now more afraid. And they're like, no, I'm not yeah. doing ayahuasca because I might get like some entity or I might get traumatized or I might be sexually molested. Yeah. And that is not, mm -hmm. that is not right. Um, so I do feel like, you know, me, yes, I am from indigenous lineage. My grandmother taught me certain things and to do. However, I know, I know that uh, learning from this is such a mystery, um, I guess, uh, realm of plant spirits that you need to be educated. You also need to be trained when there's certain things go right or left. Like, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit there and watch? No, you're supposed to support yeah. them and help them, whether be trained with other plants because they're not just ayahuasca you bringing other plants allies to support you you channel your ancestors you bring in your own uh knowledge and wisdom to support that person because that person is basically you're opening it you're opening a lot of um channels and i call it like a pandora box and now what are you going <laughs> to do it's coming out so how are you supposed to help them transform these traumas yeah. Are you just going to let it loose and let it seep into the next passenger sitting next to them or next to the next guest? And that is mm. very irresponsible. Do you even know how to control that energies that are coming out or maybe trying yeah. to get in into your space? And um, I feel like a lot of people, they might think like, oh, see, that's why I don't want to do ayahuasca because there's all these energies. I mean, let's be real. When people talk about these dark entities or this witchcraft, they get scared. But newsflash, the witchcraft is happening in your phone, in the food you eat, 
in the TV you're watching, that is actually more witchcraft than whatever you think, because now mm -hmm. you're putting like energies in your body, like that's creating your mm -hmm. thoughts and that's how you're living your life. So mm -hmm. when you come here, people are like, oh, you know, what is witchcraft? I'm like, witchcraft is the food you eat, <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. eating wrong or yeah. this chemical, like, induced uh, whatever uh whether it's an animal or or fruit whatever this is all like toxic in your body and that creates um it creates sickness creates to an extent cancer or depression and yeah so people to know about all this like be educated um educated in the plant world having tools and make sure that your team is also doing their own personal work they're also planting they're not just coming here to put on a show during ceremony yeah. this is not a show ayahuasca is not a show the ceremony is not a show it's something that yeah. we taking seriously you're working to support the person that is receiving the medicine so they can cleanse themselves they can find themselves and yet things happen and you just need to be ready to support them you know it can yeah. be beautiful as like wow they see beautiful light as, as some things they might see something really dark that might scare them so how do you help them yeah. do you know yeah. well you yeah. don't know because you just said if one ceremony and you thought like oh she told you to serve medicine. no it yeah. doesn't work like that you know mm -hmm. um so that's what mm -hmm. i have to say about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I want you to kind of just like break it down because I'm sure that a bunch of listeners will then want to come to the center. <laughs> so I want you to break it down and cuz I just want them to understand the integrity with which you hold this space. So I want you to just break it down for like the week that we were there, just some, some things that you did that made it so safe. For example, like starting with the mapacho or blowing the mapacho around or praying before we even entered the space or only allowing a certain amount of people to come so that and having a certain amount of people that it's matched up, like just these really like things that you do, the, the flower baths, like when I tell you guys, the listeners, like everything was done in this way that it was like everything was done to a t everything was done that it was like so protected and so safe our closing ritual like just some some basic things that you do that allow you to serve medicine in a container that feels safe for the people who come yeah so i can share the way this process works um i work with my ancestors like i they guide me since I accepted them and acknowledge they exist and therefore the good of me and they're of the light. So I accepted my ancestors mm -hmm. and I also call, we call them the apples, which are, it means uh, the spirits of each mountain. So I work with them and they, when I open up the center, um, they told me that they would bring the people that are meant to sit with me and I just need to be ready. So I trust that. I trust uh, the energy of this of these um, entities that live around me that surrounded this whole center. So when people, first I start with an interview, I personally, myself, I am the founder, I am the main uh, space holder. I take the time to get to know each person. I set up a call with them and I like to do a video interview. It's not just like a voice, it's not an email. I wanna know who you are because I wanna know who I'm welcoming into my space, this is my home. And mm -hmm. I want to know if this person, you know, as they're talking and sharing about their lives and about their, what they need to work on, what they need support, I can hear between the lines what they might not be saying either because they're scared or maybe something that they might be hiding. 
and I can hear and I say, well, if this person is really has the right intention and has done the prepared work to come to this space and receive plant medicine. So that's the first step. And then I give them before coming to the center, they need to do a preparation. So there is a preparation required that you need to go into a special plant diet and also not just food, but also energy, like abstaining for sex, abstaining from alcohol, abstaining from other drugs or conflict interactions. So there is a whole protocol that needs to be done before even in making it to a center. In addition, we work with the integration of specialists and she's also of indigenous lineage and she's working to getting her uh, master's um, degree as a therapist. So you get a, before even coming here, you are have a phone call with her. So you are also prepped. So she actually um, prepares you and also supports you and then anything that you might need during this whole eight days experience. And then once you arrive, the first thing we do is we ask permission to the land so they can support you. You introduce yourself yes. to all the applicants, mm-hmm. to all the mountains, mm-hmm. and you you don't just introduce yourself, oh, hi, my name is Rosani. No, you introduce yourself with your ancestors because you came from someone. You didn't just like appear out of nowhere into this earth. There was your great-grandmother, your grandmother, your mother, and then you. So you need to bring all your ancestors and tell this land to allow you to help you to heal yourself. So that's yeah. the first thing that we do yeah. in this land. Yeah. We need to learn how to ask permission to the land. We don't just come in virgin. Oh, I belong here. No, you don't. I loved the aspect of it so much was that when we came, we had to introduce ourselves to the land. And we did that multiple times and say, like, I ask your permission to be here. And one of the things I walked away from the center uh, from, you know, the, the, the healing time that I spent with you was how much I thought I was in connection with the land and with nature and with the earth and how much more room there was to grow there. And when I came home, even in the land that I'm living on and that I've lived on my whole life, I introduced myself to that land. When I traveled, I introduced myself to the land and did, you know, little rituals and said hello and really connected and asked permission. And I felt like that even just exactly that was like the first day we got there, kind of starting out with that. Yeah, it just everything that's something else I want to talk about, too, is just and we'll talk about it in in a little bit once we're done with this question. This and and also the um, the aspect of how you truly honor the earth and everyone walks away with a deeper reverence and respect for the earth and how you integrate that. But first, let's keep going with this question, which is some basic things that you do to create safety, you know, in um, and to create these, you know, this integrity with the way that you run your center. But I also want to go into the way that you honor the earth and like really drive that home. But okay, continue some other things you do. Just love that. Uh, no, I, I actually do want to share because a lot of people that are working with the earth, just to add, like, I also didn't know. I also grew up a, bi- a big part in New York where everything in New York is like consumerism, take, take, yeah. take, take as much as you can and take even more if you don't have it. It's like just like a whole vicious cycle. However, when I moved back to the Andes to start opening the center, my intention was like to open the center right away and things happened crazy things. Uh, the road was open. There was blocks everywhere. And I was like, okay, so I cannot get my passengers in. And then I heard nature saying, do you even know who I am? Did you even sit and like ask permission to the land to open up a center? Do you even know how the water system works? Do you even know how the animals are like kept here? And I was mm-hmm. like, 
I didn't know. She's, and she was like, that's why you need to sit down in silence and learn how the earth works. And that's why I now tell people, like, you need to ask permission. It's not just like you perch in and like heal me, you know? Mm, no, yeah. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, our ancestors never did that. They actually will give like offerings to the earth and then the earth will either give them healing or it will give them wisdom to bring back into the community. There was an equal and exchange happening yeah. a re reciprocity you know which is known yeah. here as Aina, uh in the quechua indigenous word which is very sacred and we still practice it today so yeah. uh, going back to how the whole experience of the eight day works after introducing the next day i like to introduce you to one of the most powerful plants that i work with which is known as mapacho which is uh, the sacred tobacco from the jungle and he is the oldest for me he's like uh, the oldest grandfather plant that it sits uh it's it sits out there in the jungle however people in the western or europe or in asia they know it as cigarettes it is not cigarettes mm -hmm. cigarettes is the washed out version the whole um the messed up version of how mapacho was originally intended to work it wasn't intended mm -hmm. for you to smoke and inhale it all the way to your lung and do it every hour of the day because it has a lot, has a big, um, it contains a lot of nicotine, mapacho. However, it's only be used in ceremonies and giving uh, reverence to the earth or in, um, in, or just like in special events. So it's, mm -hmm. you don't see any natives of uh, the Amazons of the North smoking mapacho 24 sevens. You don't, because it doesn't happen. It's only used during ceremonies or during any healing work that is happening. So. And the first thing you got to do, again, honor that plan. Uh, ask mm -hmm. for the permission to the plant to support you. So what we do with the first thing, we do a perch, a mapacho perch, which is made into a tea. We brew the leaves of mapacho and we have you drink it. I call it, that's your initiation because a lot of people come here and I understand uh, they're building different masks, they're building different barriers because that's how they survived in this world. So what mapacho does, it basically opens up breaks down all the barrier, drops the mass and opens up your heart and it allows you to be ready to receive the other plants that are coming, such as the grandmother plant. So mm -hmm. um so Mapacho is it's a very good introduction to cleanse also uh, your mind, body and spirit and it can be intense. There is no visual that happen, it's more energetically and mm. you just purge after purging, then we uh, provide you with uh, full uh old plant-based meals and then later on in the afternoon we do a flower shower i say if you're removing something you're leaving like a boy so you need to bring some good energies <laughs> into you and the mm. elements of good spirits so we shower you from different plants that are around here in the andes with prayers and and you receive that and then later on we sit with another another form of medicine of mapacho which is known as rape or rape and is used in the amazon jungles of brazil and peru and we basically want to ground you because a lot of people are nervous they're like they probably read or heard or watch on youtube like oh my god what are you also going to do so they might be nervous about which is normal it's normal to be nervous it's not like you it's a human emotion yeah. to be nervous for something that you're about to experience so, mm -hmm. but what, what Rape does, we blow it into your nose and it goes up to your third eye and releases this energy that connects you to your heart, connects you to your breath. Because all you can think about, your breath. There's nothing else that exists but just your breath. So it grounds mm -hmm. you and also sets the tone for you to receive grandmother um, 
uh, ayahuasca. And then we mm-hmm. received grandmother ayahuasca. Well, she has her own agenda and people ask me like, what can happen during ayahuasca? I said, anything and everything can happen. Um, however, you are, if you are kept in a safe space, you will be fine. You will just like go through your process and physically, some people might cry, some people might purge, some people might feel this blanket of love, some people might have to go do number two. So all the stuff are seen frequently in different people that are come here to the center. And um, yeah, so Mapacho for us, the indigenous people of the South, it's, it's a sacred plant that we utilize it, not just the beginning or um, the end, but during the whole process, I am blowing Mapacho, I am praying Mapacho to protect the space, to protect the facilitators and also to protect each, uh, I call them passengers or participants <laughs> or guests, you know, that are coming. So to make sure that they are felt kept safe throughout the whole process. And mm-hmm. the first couple of days of our experience is about cleansing your body. It's about cleaning your house, your mind that's running mm-hmm. your whole entire existence. And then the following days, we're bringing elements and plants that are gonna help you integrate the whole process and also connect you to your heart and connect you to nature. You know, they're Mm. more softer, uh, kinder. However, ayahuasca, she means well. Her job is to transform you, to make you feel powerful again. And then the other plants such as wachuma and cacao ceremony and offerings Mm -hmm. are meant to help support, like integrate yourself back into your body. So, I mean, there's more details that I can go, but... Obviously, when we do the one-on-one, I can explain to you the ABCs because I want people to be educating, to understand. I feel like when people understand, they're more um, able to trust the process. They're more able to relax and to connect to the earth better and respect it. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like every every part of what we did was you were bringing in, you were forcing us to remember the earth forcing us like you know in in the most gentle way in the best way you were like forcing us to remember the earth because you know we're not going to use mapacho before we pray to it we're not going to you know drink cacao before we pray after we do ayahuasca before we go back up to our rooms we're going to pray and say thank you even if we have a very stressful experience you're going to go and and say thank you and pray you know what i mean and you know you're going to introduce yourself to the mountains and everything was done with this you're just being reminded have reverence for the earth, have reverence for the earth, you know, remember the earth, remember the earth. And that for me was such a transformative experience because having you just continually say like, remember, we're going to pray, remember to blow on Mapacho to wake him up, you know, remember to do this, remember to do that. It allowed me to just walk away from the experience, remembering the earth with these little things I was doing and, um, and integrating that relationship. Because really what it was when we came and, and what you do for your passengers, as you call them, is you bring them into deeper relationship with the earth you know, and with themselves, of course, but the earth part, you really, really integrate in such a, a, a natural flowing way, but everything just feels like it's just an integration with, with the earth. And I also want to say just a little something else that Rosanita did when, when I was in, um, when I was there with her was that our second ceremony was, remember it was the solar eclipse. Do you remember? I think it was so. like super intense. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, yeah, I've been, I've done a yeah. lot since then, girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was a solar eclipse, and I was on. I actually got my period that day, 
And so one of the things that Rosanita did is she came over and she put mapacho in my underwear. And I felt like that even was such, because mapacho would protect my womb. And obviously when you're on your period, your womb is in such a vulnerable and open space. And so when all these energies are coming out, you want your womb to be protected. And so I felt that even, just these little attention to detail things that you did, I just want to commend you and just say like, you know, these little attention to details, things that you did that create safety for the people that have come and have trusted you to kind of guide them in this experience was so seen and so appreciated. And yeah, everything just felt felt so safe. But um, something you said that I wanted to talk about was this idea of just, oh, let me, you know, heal me, you know, coming to the, to the medicine, to the plants, just kind of in this, like, do this for me. I want you to do this. And I remember we were talking about that in the United States with the legalization of possibly psychedelics and with weed and stuff like that, and how there's no actual reverence and honor for these plants. There's just this kind of like, I'm going to use this to do that. You know, I, I hear people, they do mushrooms and there's no actually honor and reverence and respect and relationship with the earth and with the mushrooms. They're just, you know, oh, I want to take them because it's fun. I want to, you know, smoke weed because whatever, you know, and there's no real union and reverence. So what are your thoughts about that? I have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, <laughs> You're the best. I'm no, so happy we're <laughs> yeah, so basically, I, I want to go back to, uh, you know, there's, that's why I say education and training and also learning by observing, learning by experience, and knowing when to do when a person's in a menstrual cycle, we protect their wound, you know, whether it's with a uh, plant of mapacho or rue, which is ruda yeah. here in Peru, it can protect you because you're in a very sensible state and you're very open. Your photo as a woman, we're so powerful, you know? So you need to mm -hmm. also protect yourself and also that you don't give out too much energy also that you don't receive too much energy as well. That can be overwhelming to your spirit. And also we want to protect the center because you're very powerful. You're like a powerful being in that moment. So there's things that you should do if you're serving medicine to a person that is in their menstrual cycle. I know there's some indigenous lineage that they don't serve medicine uh, during their menstrual cycle, but each uh, each tradition has their own guidelines or their own protocol. But mm. for us here at the center, the way that I have learned and the way that the medicines have been taught to me is the way to protect a person is able to receive as long as they are protected. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to uh, add that on. And in terms of, uh, yes, uh, when we are using it, and it does not just plant medicine or psychoactive medicine plants, uh, anything, just it could be chamomile, it could be mushrooms, any, I mean, any, mm. any simple plants, you have to give them intention and reverence. And one thing that I do share with people when they come to the center, I said, all the plants around us, all the elements, they're alive. You can see them, they're growing, so they're alive. However, yeah. their spirits are dormant, meaning they're sleeping. How do you wake them up? I said, well, first we have oxygen and we blow it into them. It's kind of like I tell people, it's like a genie in the bottle and you <laughs> blow, you blow your air into the plants and you wake them up and then you put your intention into it. And even if you're smoking uh, marijuana or you're doing mushrooms, you should do the same thing. Blow into it and then put your intention. What do you want? from it you know because if you're just smoking it for smoking it you're just going to get this high effect and nothing is happening there's no healing aspect there's no spirit yeah. there's still sleeping you're just getting yeah. a high so basically what you're doing is you're replacing 
alcohol and drugs for these plants because oh, yeah. that's all you want to get. But if you're doing it with an intention, with a respect to these elements, you should put like a little bit of um, introducing yourself, uh, asking the plant, okay, can you please help me? I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling confused. Or maybe I want to open up my creativity with mm-hmm. marijuana and like just paint something beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can ask the plant for support. That's why they're there. That's why they're called plant allies. They're not plant enemies or they're <laughs> not like you know, like something to abuse, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so blow into it, give mm-hmm. them reverence. So, um, yeah, so when people are doing this casually, you know, I do have a big thing with people are doing this new, new age spiritualism when it comes to ecstatic dance and in this ecstatic dance, people are like, oh, we're just going to go and dance and flow. Uh, yeah, but then I, when I went to these events, I saw people doing mushrooms, doing marijuana and doing wachuma all at the same time or maybe, but I was like, why are you doing it? This is not the space. If you're seeing there's no alcohol or, or, or any, any smoking here, but you're replacing it, just making it seem like, oh, because I'm doing plant medicine, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not a ceremony. It was Mm -hmm. a dance event. And if you're mixing it all together, you're using it out of context. And obviously yeah. it's disrespecting the plant. And even if you don't do it and you go there, just, oh, I'm just going to go there to dance. You're also a supporter of what's happening there. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm very cautious mm-hmm. of how I use the medicine. And I know a lot of people, when I speak on this, people get very triggered because mm-hmm. they're like, well, we're where we dance. Well, you can go dance. You can drink a cow and it's fine. You're, you're, I mean, you don't really need to get this drugged up or high, you know, these plants are not meant to be high. They're meant to heal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. They're not meant to get you high. They're meant Mm -hmm. to heal. And that is so important, you know, and you see right now in our culture is exactly what you said. People are replacing, you know, drugs and alcohol with plant medicine. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, and it just becomes a drug because if you don't actually form the relationship and have the reverence, you're just engaging with your, unco- your your shadows and your darkness. And it's just furthering that, you know, like if you are just smoking weed and the weed's not healing you and you're not in this like honor and, and reverence relationship with this marijuana, you are just running in circles. You know, there's no healing taking place. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, sacred about this. You are just, you know, running in circles and... I think that there's something else that can happen where people become over dependent on plant medicine after using it instead of integrating. So I would love for you to speak on that. Yes. So um, I 
I tell people to come to the center when they are, have done because not I don't I'm I'm not like this is I again I say this is not like a candy store come oh everybody's welcome no because I want you <laughs> yeah. to you explore other possibilities there's other tools there's therapy there's sound mm -hmm. healing there's meditation there's yoga mm -hmm. whatever maybe some people might not connect to plant medicine so I I tell people explore all the possibilities can you handle your process on your own with therapy or maybe just going as simple as going hiking have you explored yeah. that before even trying to come to drink plant medicine you know, mm -hmm. because I feel like you have to uh, try to see if you can cope. If you cannot, I understand there's a lot of people are coping with different deep traumas and different deep wounds and addictions that they need plant medicine. And I understand that as long as you have the right intentions, yes, you will come here. However, after you leave, when you leave here, the integration process is very crucial and important for you not to go back to your old self, to your old pattern, to your old behaviors. I tell people, once you leave, the ceremony didn't end. It begins. It actually, the life mm -hmm. ceremony begins when you walk out of the center because patterns, thoughts, feelings will reappear to see if you're actually going to choose something different. And sometimes it can get intense. So I tell mm -hmm. people, don't be coming to my center, mm -hmm. like maybe like three or four or five, unless you did the work. Did you do your homework? I'm pretty sure grandmother Ayahuasca probably gave you some homework to go back home and address and fix and deal with, you know? So yeah. go in there and taking time to integrate, having time for yourself and processing what you might have uncovered during the ceremony, during the whole process. Have you gotten support also from integrational therapists, integrational specialists that are there to support you? You know, use everything you can. It's not like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I felt good when I was at the center, so I'm going to go back there or maybe mm -hmm. find some other center or find some other plants here that I can have the feeling of bliss. No, you're just escaping again. Mm -hmm. You're not doing the work. You're just escaping your mm -hmm. own reality that you created yourself or perhaps your ancestors or your lineage created for you. But you, mm -hmm. if you're choosing to do plant medicine, remember, you're choosing to take on this responsibility to heal yourself as well as your lineage before you and your lineage coming forward from you mm. in the future. Mm. So it's a big responsibility. Mm. Know that when you're choosing to come to do plant medicine, it is not a selfish act. It's a very responsible act that it requires a lot from you. So, and also it requires a lot for you to process afterward, to integrate afterward. So there's work. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, oh, I had a great experience. That's good. No, because then you go back into the cycle. Oh, I'm going to go to this center and to that center and to do this and to do that. Yeah. And you're never going to be okay on your own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like sometimes people will do plant medicine and they're like, okay, that felt good. So I want to go do that again 20 more times in the next, you know, two months. And that's not actually healing, you know, that's not, I remember when we left the center, Rosanita, you were like, I love you guys, but I don't want to see you again, you know, like, go do your work, like, you know, come back if needed, but <laughs> you guys need to go do your work, integrate, and that is true integrity and responsibility. Like you're not trying to make a buck off of us, you know, come back next month and, you know, come back so that I can make more money. It's, you know, what's correct and true and right is that you come if you feel called and you receive the healing you need and then you integrate and if you do not integrate and you just over rely on the plant medicine then you are abusing the plants you are abusing you know the earth 
And I feel like there is such an abuse of the earth, as you said, in talking about New York in this capitalistic structure where it's just like taking, taking, taking. But we don't realize that we have that same mentality if we haven't checked it, we have that same mentality even when we're doing plant medicine. So it's just, let me take this, it's gonna heal me. You know, I don't really need to give back. Like you said, it, at the center we did these um, these rituals and these offerings to the earth and even now in my life doing that and t- speaking and communing with the plants that I am allowing to serve me in my life and, and bringing in and using their medicine, I also want to engage and give thanks and prayers and love to these plants and that allows us to have a healthy relationship instead of a codependent or an abusive relationship and a lot of times I feel like people aren't realizing and you've really opened my eyes to this is that people have codependent and abusive relationships with plants in plant medicine and um so yeah so just that is like I feel like super you know real and you've saw you've seen that firsthand Rosanita I don't know if if you want me to if not I'll edit it out just tell me but you know um you have been in a lot of different areas and ceremonies where there was abuse of plants and people that weren't really in integrity you know yeah um I mean, it's happening all around the world. Unfortunately, when the human mind becomes corrupt, it all it wants is money or something to rip out of the earth and to benefit of themselves, you know? And yeah. when, I mean, when it came, I was a very religious person and I also saw it, like there, there is people believe in God. However, when humans come in, they try to control the mass and try to keep them suppressed. And the same thing with plant medicine, you know, well, all people are now looking for, to heal themselves because they're at the brink of um, desperation and then they're just like, somebody needs to help me. So there's other people where they have the ill intent. They were like, well, I'm going to open up a center. I'm going to serve this uh, out of these ceremonies and just bring as much as 20, 40, 100 people. And yeah. one, only one like main curandero is sitting there with other people that are from I don't know, maybe Europe or whatever, and they're just helping people, but they don't yeah. really have the proper training. And then one, if you do the math, what, can one person really, even if they're more powerful, can one person really hold a space for 50, for 100 people? It's impossible. Mm. I'm yeah. sorry, unless you're Pachamama herself or you're whatever you want to call it, God himself, like literally, like you cannot, you cannot yeah. hold that energy for people. So yes, I did experience, and I'm okay to all talk about this. Uh, I did experience some centers that uh, can their heart because of the greed that one, I want more. I want, how, how much more do you need? And what was the initial purpose? What was the initial intention when you open up a center? Was it to become rich and for what? You know, it was actually to help people that are depressed. Like for me, when I was, very depressed and I was at the brink of death. I was very suicidal and I, I was in the hospital. And I remember I told uh, Mother Earth, I said, if you help me to see life in a different eye, um, I promise you that I will work for you. So other people that are feeling the same pain and the same confusion to find you so you can provide them happiness and find, mm-hmm. bring them healing and power. 
So I, I, I'm doing that. And I remember my, my, my boat, my dedication that I said to her, that promise that I made to her. So when I bring people here, I said, you know, this is something sacred, something beautiful, but it's not meant to, for you to become rich. And that's why I, people say, well, why don't you have like 20 or 40 people here? Well, first of all, I'm still in my um, learning. I mean, I'm always going to be learning. However, I, uh, I, my energy, I, protect it so much and I only invite certain people because I also want to dedicate people a space and, and privacy and support and if I have 20, 40, 50 people, I cannot do that. I probably yeah. I will say I will only see you in ceremonies in which it happens in a lot of centers that I attended. I never saw the person, the main person serving the medicine unless yeah. it was during ceremony time. It may be passing around but I, I didn't have the human connection. So I felt yeah. like I was on this journey by myself yeah. with different strangers. Totally. And I felt mm -hmm. very vulnerable and unsupported. Mm -hmm. And of course, I saw also some beautiful centers that they only held space for smaller groups that actually were able to teach me, to connect with me, to be with yeah. me. And of course, I did experience that. However, there is now a big rise of people. It's like, how much can we charge a person and have maybe 50 or, or and then have them every week? And here at Apple Healing Center, I only, we only do this once a week or possibly sometimes we do it twice a week, but it's usually done only eight days out of a whole month. That's only mm -hmm. when people are allowed to come to my house because I need to cleanse myself. I need to work on myself. I need to prepare the space and have yeah. a space cleansed and ready for me to hold containers that are people coming from different walks of life, from different traumas, from different addictions, from different histories. You know, yeah. people are coming, so I'm, I'm, I want to give the best I can. And I cannot do that if there are 40, 50 people at my center. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just goes to show, you know, the level of integrity that you have only taking people, you know, to your home once this one kind of container for one week, one time a month. That is so huge. And also, I just want to speak to to that because, um, you know, being there with you and having a small group, I was one of three girls that was there with Rosanita in her center in Peru. And there were more of her team during the ceremony where they were playing music and there to assist us. There was more of them than there were us. And that allowed us to feel so safe. Speaking for myself, it allowed me to feel so safe that if I needed help or if I needed something, I could have, you know, attention on me right away. Even when we were doing outside of the ceremonies, we ate all of our meals with you, Rosanita, and we got to know you and we talked with you and we laughed with you. And it formed this connection where I felt safe with the plants because I felt so safe with you. And um, even during the first cleansing with Mapacho, I remember I was just crying and I was having a really intense experience with Mapacho because I really connected with Mapacho so much. And having such an intense experience with Mapacho so quickly, having you just hold me the entire time was something I wasn't even expecting. Having, you know, the woman who's kind of running it just right next to you, there with you, supporting you. And during my ceremony as well, my first time, I had an intense time. It was rough a little bit my first time. <laughs> it was a little bit intense for me. And so being able to call you over and have you hold me and, you know, remind me that I'm safe and I'm okay. And I'm, you know, you're here with me and, and having that personal connection, because speaking for myself, 
in the first ceremony, when I had more of an intense experience, uh, the first woman who came over was someone I hadn't, I had just met that day. And I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't feel safe. I was like, I need Rosanita. I need Rose. I needed, like, I was in such a vulnerable position. You need someone that you, in that moment, I needed someone that I had built some sort of relationship with and, and felt held by. And so having that, just gift of having you there and able to connect with you. And, you know, that was just like, it made all the difference because I can't imagine feeling so vulnerable and disoriented and then having, never having met, you know, the person who's running it, like you said, there's a ceremony and you've never met the guy before the girl before, and they just walk in and you're like, you don't know them. You don't feel safe. And you're in such a vulnerable position. So that is something that I feel like is so important that you do very yeah. well yeah thank you for acknowledging the work that we do here um yeah to clarify to your audience uh yeah we only take about uh, groups are very some some of them they're very small they are from four or three depending some people want private so it can be even smaller uh or the max that we take is eight to ten people and that's it and we mm-hmm. cut it and, and and the bigger the group is the bigger the space holders are especially during mm-hmm. ceremonies because I mm-hmm. want to make sure everybody feels safe. And, and for me, I guess my medical training background uh, gives yeah. me that kind of uh, structure of being like, well, one person, there are two people. And people is like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? You can't hold it. No, it's not about that. It's about the safety of the person. And my priority is to keep them safe and supported mm-hmm. to the whole process. It's not about my ego feeling like I'm very powerful. I can handle 10, 20 people. It's not about me. This yeah. the whole ceremony. It's not about me. It's not about the space holder. It's about the people that are coming here to transform their life, and they are our priority. That's why yeah. we're singing seven, eight hours, praying eight hours nonstop yeah. for the people to transform and to release and to make yeah. them feel that they are important, that their life matters, that they they're making an investment by their time, their money, and they're coming. And, and so for some people, we are their last hope. We are the last hope because they're in the brink of dying. They're the brink of desperation. And yeah. I get to honor that. And I feel into that for me. I, I might look young, but I'm, I'm currently I'm 37. But for me, everybody <laughs> is my children. Everybody is my kid. For me, I feel like even if they're 50, because there's people that come here, they're 50, 55, 45. And for me, they're way older than me, but I still feel like they're my children. And I want to make sure that each one of them are, I'm checking on them. I'm, I'm making sure that they're feeling good and they're feeling love and they're feeling supported. So for me, that's yeah. very important because that's how I would have wanted at least my first couple ceremonies when I experienced this, which I, I wasn't some experience that I didn't have. And I asked myself, how would I have liked to have experienced grandmother for the first time if it was me coming here for the first time so that's the way that I of course guided by my ancestors and by ayahuasca herself or how to create their structures or how to create that safe space so everybody feels vulnerable and safe at the same time and that's why it's yeah. dangerous when you're picking setting and intention and the people that you're going into receiving this medicine make sure you do your due diligence do your research who are you going with how did they get training how many people are they serving how many space holders are in the ceremony like yeah. because there's people that are sometimes like as people be like 
come in there, oh, I'm going to do some energy work on you during the ceremonies and people with ill intent, they might start touching your, you know, your breast or uh, your part of your whole wound area and, and then that may become an abuse. And so instead of healing you, they're creating more trauma. So you have to yeah. do your research. Like, who are you going with? Where is your life is at stake here? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And that was just like, why I just was just felt so safe. Because like I said, I had never done any plant medicine before, too. And I think that's also why I might have had a really intense experience my first time is because I'd never experienced anything like that. I'd never done any drugs in my life. I've never, you know, done any plant medicine in my life. So it was just like, the concept of like this experience was that I couldn't, you know, I just I couldn't really grasp it before I had gone into it. And, you know, it's just you have to make sure that you're in a safe place. And yeah, Rosanita is that just by the way. But <laughs> I wanted to touch on one more thing that before <laughs> before we um before we finish our episode, I wanted to talk about the indigenous people, if you had anything to say about, you know, bringing attention to kind of what's going on with the exploitation of the indigenous people within plant medicine or the support of the indigenous people, what role indigeneity plays in plant medicine, you know, whether it's the exploitation or the uplifting of it, whichever side you kind of want to talk about. Because um, I know you have experience going to spaces and seeing the indigenous people being exploited with this plant medicine. And I also know that you've gone to places like Colombia and you've seen indigenous people holding these beautiful spaces. And it's kind of like they're in union and relationship with this plant and they're the safeguards of it, as I view you as well yourself as this, you know, safeguard of this sacred plant so any thoughts on on that yeah well um our indigenous people are very important to the land and to our biodiversity and to the amazon so they are the ones that are still in my perception holding the flag to keep us alive because uh, mm -hmm. they have a right relationship with uh, the Amazon. They have a right relationship with nature. So indigenous people, not just in the Amazon, but all over the world. There's a lot of indigenous people all over the world. And uh, we need to bring attention to them because a lot of them currently, uh, I can mention Brazil, is trying to fight for a lot of the indigenous people not get removed from the land or oil get be drained out of it. So definitely like people, I feel like, there is a social media, it's available, whether it's different platforms where you can educate yourself and find out how indigenous people might need support. They might not just, just need your vote to vote and against a bill that is currently passing in Brazil, trying to be passed. Like, so people need to bring that attention into that. And also understanding and respecting when you go to an indigenous land, they're the one, they're the guardians of that property. So you don't come there entitled that they're supposed to be serving you or they're your slaves. They're not your slaves. You know, they're people that are holding so much wisdom that they know how to operate with different energies of plant and different energies of the earth. They're meant to be respected mm -hmm. and not exploited. You know, there's people that come there that, to the jungle and they build a center and they bring indigenous people like, oh, serve these people medicine, you know, and they don't even treat them well. They don't even give them proper um, sleep. And why do indigenous people do it? Because unfortunately, the whole system, the corrupt system that we're currently living right now, of abusing this of trying to destroy the indigenous lineage trying to destroy this connection so just again do your research if you are going to do plant medicines how is it that if there are indigenous people how they're supporting like in my center i have 
uh, people that are from the mountains that live there, there's still the indigenous people that are working here at the center and we're supporting them. They're supporting them in different ways, you know? Most so I bring people to the mountains and I bring people down from the mountains so they can also be part of this experience and portion goes to them when people come here to support them, just see how they're also giving back to them, to the original people that were carrying this medicine, you know? And just do your research. There's a lot of information on how you can even help climate change. You can even help indigenous people fighting to keep their lands unstake. So I, I feel like that is the, our only hope. If we also, and also by supporting the indigenous people is also by doing our own healing work. If we heal ourselves, we yeah. build uh, the consciousness of the whole, not just about, oh, okay, I heal myself and then I get to live my life happy. No, the whole collective yeah. needs our support. The whole collective, yeah. the whole world needs our support. So we need to also be compassionate to our humans, uh, each other, and be like, how can I help you? I have this tool, you know? And of course, if you're able to support, even if you're not able to support, then pray. If you're not able to hold space for somebody else, just pray for the world. Do something, you know, do your part yeah. for a change. Yeah. If you're really asking for change, because as we can see, the massive fire that is happening in Canada currently speaking and how the smoke is like, you know, uh, suffocating New York or the surrounding areas is because we, we we lost that connection to the earth. We move, removed the indigenous people from a lot of these lands that were keeping these trees and safe, you know, so that, that this doesn't happen. We're doing it to ourselves. So we need to build yeah. and do our own internal work and healing work and then help the collective to also, so this movement can go into a higher place so we can have a better future. Perhaps not in... Perhaps I won't see it in my lifetime, but I hope that my generation in the future gets to see a, a more stable humanity in relationship yeah. to the earth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rosanita, for saying that. And I think a thought that I had when what you were saying was that, you know, healing isn't, like you said, it isn't just so that we live our lives happy. That's a really good benefit and a really good side effect, but it's also so that we can enter into right relationship with the earth and with the indigenous people and um, with the divine, with God. And so that we enter into right, right relationship with our communities and that we can, so that we can serve others. And so when we heal ourselves and when we do these things to heal ourselves, it allows us deeper connection. Obviously, as you heal, you come into deeper connection because you're integrating these fragmented pieces into a whole. So you're becoming more whole. As you become more whole, you have a responsibility, but it's also natural if you kind of just pay attention, you become more attuned with the earth, you know, you become less attuned with greed and with, you know, these capitalistic structures. And that's also a, a responsibility that we have with healing when we are not of indigenous lineage or when we're in the Western world in capitalistic societies like the United States is doing the due diligence, doing the work so that we actually start resonating with these concepts because most people in the United States or in these kind of countries, they don't understand at all why these things, like, you know, why indigenous ways or why the earth is sacred and deserves reverence or is alive or deserves communion there's not a concept that could be even conceptualized because of the fragmentation of the psyche of most people, specifically white people under capitalism and especially in the Western world. And so 
part of that um, healing is for specifically white people and specifically in capitalistic societies is coming back into wholeness within your psyche and then returning your attention back to the earth and back to indigenous communities that happens naturally because as you become more whole and less fragmented, that it's just natural. It's just what's going to happen because that's our most natural way of living. But it's also something to pay attention to and to do with intention and put your mind there as well. So just wanted to say that little piece because there is yeah. such a such a part in, you know, in the United States with healing where it's so, you know, and I, I have a problem with, and if you want to be in right relationship with God and with the earth and with yourself, you have to be of service. And that's different than this egocentric view of healing. That's a lot of kind of what I feel like a lot of our attention is going towards. That's not actually healing. That's just recycling capitalistic mindsets so that you can you know, be alleviated from something that other people are going to still struggle with. A little bit of a rant, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really beautiful, Victoria, that you touch on that. Because I also feel that a lot, I feel that there is a reason why you were birthed into a particular land. And then when people sometimes Mm. drink plant medicine, they want to move into these lands and they're like, oh, I want to build an eco village or I want to build a center and like just bring people and milk it out of of its core and like pay back into the surroundings. And it has happened in Peru in different areas where a lot of people, Westerner descends, they're coming here with their big money and they're building all this stuff. However, that's rising the prices so high up that the, the local people, the indigenous people that are surrounded, they can even afford to live there. For them, yeah. it, it's so like, it, you're doing a disservice. For me, like being conscious mm-hmm. in community, and I also hear this saying that people come here and they're like, oh, now I'm gonna build like an eco village that's separated from everybody. But I feel like, why are you running away? Like if you have the wisdom and the healings and the tools, why can you go back to your community? Maybe provide some kind of support there because they are, hungry and they're in need of it like for me it's Mm. like okay great you're Mm. isolating yourself and living your happy life you know like good for you but so selfish Mm. of you like not Mm. to think of the world you know that is struggling Mm. there's people i hate this uh people say well love and light up to me like Mm. love and light Mm. love and light no love and strength and there's people that are currently being kids are being sold uh, there is still slavery happening in Africa. There is human trafficking happening everywhere. Wake up. It's not just by yeah. you pretending and bypassing and saying everything should be love and light. Let's hug each other. I was like, no, let's work on mm-hmm. ourselves and let's go help some others that need help, you know, because mm-hmm. we cannot, I cannot do this work alone. We need a whole group to become more consciousness so we can have a better place for our kids, for our animals. You don't respect their animals too. They're not they mm. also deserve respect i mean i'm gonna go on and the whole animal thing but i love animals animals are also saint, uh, sentient beings they're they deserve our love and respect you know and if you are the indigenous people the way that they commune with the animals they say thank you to them for their life they treat them in a very well state they give them the best food they can have you know not just like how in the north america how they do it they just keep the animals all uh, suffocating and just starving and in disaster or they'd be plunking them hormones left and right and that's also mm-hmm. causing a lot of sickness to the human body but people they're like oh i like my chicken i like my cow where did it come from you know <laughs> where where is it coming from so yeah. i tell people like 
You know, it's not, it's like witchcraft is not just like this little thing. It's just what you're eating. What are you eating? Where is it coming from? What is the music that you're listening to? What are the things that you're watching? What are the books that you're reading? It's, it's, it's deprogramming your brain to how the yeah. original were supposed to be and blocking yeah. you from that connection to earth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something I wanted to say about, you know, what you said about being born in the in the kind of right place. And I have really been thinking about that a lot lately. And in the last year, so the last two years ago, I was traveling a lot because I was trying to find where I wanted to settle. And I kept I when I did my DNA, I have 12 countries that I'm made up of and my biggest percent is 20%. So I have like no place that really is like, feels like mine. You know what I mean? Like my biggest percent of my DNA from one space is 20% and then everything else is like 20, 10, 10, 10, 10, you know? So everything, it feels like, you know, I felt like, oh, I, I didn't feel like any place was mine. And so I was looking around trying to find a space and I kept going into other countries. And over time, I just realized, I think I was born in the United States for a reason. And all of this healing that I can bring to the land or to the space, I can bring to the land in the United States. And I don't, even though I don't like a lot of the policies in the United States, I can stay in the United States and create the healing on the land that I want to see and create this kind of this in, in the, you know, on the land that I want to see. So it was just kind of this interesting shift. It was interesting. You just kind of brought that up that I've had recently is just kind of learning how to be a steward of the land that I was born on. Like I said, introducing myself to the land I was born on. I've never done that. I just was born on this land and then felt kind of weird about it as I grew up and then learning about the, you know, genocide of the indigenous people and everything. But then I'm like, at the end of the day, I was born here and I don't have claim to really any other land because I'm so mixed of so many different things from, you know, South America. I have mixes in Africa from Europe. Like I have so many different makeups of my DNA that I'm just like, I was born in the United States and I don't want to run away from that. And so that's kind of where I've recently gotten. And it's interesting you said that and I, I would like to steward the land. And recently I've been learning the native plants and how to consume the native plants of the land and how to engage with that. Because, you know, I go to other countries and I'm like, wow, I love how they eat the, the you know, the natural plants. And I'm like, wait, I have nettle in my backyard. I have, you know, all these plants. I have rue in my backyard. I have all of these plants in my home that I've just kind of not come into relationship with. So that is kind of one of my next chapters is allowing myself to settle into the United States and creating the world that I'd like to see here. So interesting you said that. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I think uh, people, they try to seek uh, something from some other country, some other person. When honestly, when, when you go home to ayahuasca, I wasn't going to tell you all the answers and all the healings are inside of you. Boom, that's it. You know, yeah. like, and yeah. the plants that are around that side, like the land is probably able to support you and do your healing process, but you're flying away 20,000 miles. I mean, I, I get it. If you need support, you, you're more than welcome to come to Peru. However, get to know your actual land that you were birthed in. And maybe yeah. nature is asking you for support to reclaim its land, to reclaim its tradition, to reclaim its original state, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's how I've been feeling lately. And I also think there's something I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, um, and we were talking about, you know, if we don't want to live in, in the United States, look at our DNA and see where we have claim to, you know, if you are, you know, as you were, as you were, right, you grew up, in, well, I mean, you were from, you grew up in Peru, but then you came to the United States, and you're like, wait, I'm from Peru, I'm gonna go back to Peru, you know, let me go and like heal with my land, you know, so there's people, let's say, um, possibly even African people in the United States, and I hear a lot of time African people saying, you know, wait, I am, you know, let's say Ethiopian, I want to be in Ethiopia with my land, you know, and I think there's something that's really powerful with that as well is like seeing where you actually where your DNA is from. And if you feel called to that, that's totally, you Mm -hmm. know, interesting and wonderful as well. But I think there's something really cool and, and wonderful about really honoring where you were born and where you were rooted and where you were raised and where you were reared and honoring the earth that has held you through your whole life. So, so yeah, love everything you said. Yeah. Yeah, Just to add uh, one like little snippet, what you said about, um, you know, honoring the earth that has held you because it is time for us to hold mother earth. You know, we, she's been holding us for a long time while we're killing each other, while we're, doing all these crazy things around the world, you know, she's still holding us. She still, still pops fruits. She still, the sun still comes out, rain Mm -hmm. still pours. She's watching us because she could destroy this whole thing in one blink. The whole humanity can be wiped out, but she's waiting for us to have compassion for ourselves and to be like, Mm -hmm. when is our time to hold her? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we are constantly taking from the earth. And we see this even with the abuse of plant medicine. We're constantly saying, what can I get? What can I get? It's time for us to say, what can I give to earth? How can I serve earth? How can I serve the land around me? And how can I enter into relationship, right relationship with the land around me and honor the land? Um, yeah, absolutely. I I love everything you said. Um, Is there anything else that you want to say before we close out our podcast episode? Anything you didn't say, anything I didn't ask, anything that you want to share? Yeah, I think that quote that's coming. I don't know who said this quote, but it always stuck with me since I was little. And it said, if you didn't come, if you didn't come here to this earth to serve others, then why did you come here to begin with? Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. all of us do our part to support mm. the shift that is happening in consciousness. And if you do yeah. choose the path, that one of the methods to be plant medicine, do your research, do your work, and be ready, prepared to open up a can of worms and do your work after work. <laughs> you know, yeah. do your homework after you leave here. And yeah. um, so, and people that feel the call, you're more than welcome to come and visit my center. I do it with a lot of respect of my ancestors and here. But uh, if you just pray and you be guided to wherever you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rosanita. Yes. So Rosanita, I will probably put the link to your uh, website, to your center. She has like an introduction call that she can do with anyone who's interested if you feel called, but make sure that you do feel called, make sure that you've prayed about it, make sure that you feel it's, you know, what is, you know, life is calling you to do instead of you're just your ego wanting to just experience something new, possibly, right? Like life and ayahuasca is calling you. You know, I was surprised how deeply I felt ayahuasca was calling me because I felt, oh my gosh, 
I'm nervous about this, but I felt ayahuasca was calling me to come to her. And I think that that's a really good space to kind of come from is like the plant is calling me instead of me, you know, wanting to go and extract from this plant. And then, um, yeah, I learned so much from Rosanita. Everything that I pretty much just said has been learned from Rosanita. I feel like I, you know, just have completely transformed since I left Peru and have just come so much deeper into my connection with myself, with the land, with the earth, with nature. Um, And that's really all because of Rosanita and the center that she holds. So, and just the integrity and, and you and your power. So I just thank you for your healing that you've done so that you are now able to heal others. What you, you know, facilitated within me is just beyond words. And I'm so grateful. And you are such an amazing woman and you have the utmost integrity and you are such a leader and you're just so powerful. And I just commend you so much. And, and yeah, so anyone who wants to go and, you know, if it's a right fit, Rosanita will be vetting. <laughs> so not anybody, but if it's a right fit, you know, check her out and you guys can do a, an intro call and see if it's a correct fit for, for the both of you. But but yeah, thank you so much, Rosanita, for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Victoria. And I also wanted to say thank you to Grandmother Ayahuasca, to all my ancestors and to all the apples and to this land for allowing me to speak on their behalf and everything that I have learned from them. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect way to end off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.